What if you could complete your MBA in just one year? Thanks to the College of Charleston School of Business, now you can. Their accelerated MBA program condenses a traditional two-year program into one rigorous year, ensuring you not only save a year of tuition and fees, but also re-enter the workforce quickly and graduate with critical business knowledge. U.S. News & World Report recognized the College of Charleston MBA as number one in the country for its job placement rate within three months of graduation. Learn more at mba.cfc.edu. Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning, and welcome to Beyond the Business, brought to you by the College of Charleston School of Business. The College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work, they're ready to make an impact. Each Saturday morning at 9, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the Lowcountry talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts of Beyond the Business, Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood. And great Saturday morning, Low Country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, presented by the College of Charleston School of Business and Coastal Wealth Management, and heard here on 94.3 WSC and simulcast on iHeart, Spotify, and iTunes. Hopefully, you are having a wonderful Saturday morning, Low Country, and around the country. We're excited to have you here for another edition. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox, here with the lovely and talented Leslie Haywood. Good morning, Leslie. How are you doing? Happy August. The clock is ticking for you, Leslie. (laughs) Back to school, got one going to college, got another one starting 11th grade. Oh, my God, it's getting real. you are only two years away from being an empty nester. How about that? I know. I cannot believe it. It is It is freaking me out. It's just, you know, it's funny. Jason and I, um, my husband, we've said all along, you know, we're going to be empty nesters. I better, you know, still like you. And now I've got two years. I'm like, two years and it's just going to be me and you. Oh, oh no. Lord. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Well, good thing Jason's a fun guy, so that, that'll make it make it good. Oh, yeah. Us, so. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Well, we're excited to have another uh, show today of Beyond the Business again. Been around now for about eight years bringing stories of entrepreneurship and leadership from around the country. We really appreciate our sponsor, the College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work. They're ready to make an impact. Hopefully, we are making an impact week in and week out by bringing these great stories of success through entrepreneurship. And certainly, last week was no exception to the rule. We had Mr. Will Perry on, and Will is the founder and CEO of Worldwide Power Products out of Houston, Texas, uh, who is in the business of very large industrial generators and powering uh, up folks when when power's down. And so uh, Will did a great job of really talking about his childhood growing up out in the great uh, Lone Star State. Uh, Leslie, what were some of your takeaways from Will's show last week? Well, there was a couple of things. And I do think that uh, a lot of the guests that we have that say, you know, they had ADD or ADHD or wasn't good at school. And there are so many guests that we have like that. So parents of children that are struggling in school, there is hope. <laughs> there is hope. I know my husband, Jason, he's successful. He had the same problem. So there's many different paths to success, entrepreneurship. Um, it's it, These challenges are temporary. I think it kind of makes a good entrepreneur. You got to be a little a little off your rocker. <laughs> well, well, you know, I fit in the same format. I really resonated with Will's story. Um, and so uh, maybe that's... Uh, 
rooted in entrepreneurship to some degree, right? So, <laughs> yes. um, also the fact that uh, you know we had his mom on. This is a great. I don't know if we've had a, a, a mother son tandem on the show before, but we had his mom on uh, a few months back, Miss Helen Perry, who is an image consultant. And so, growing up in a household like that, I mean, Will had to be on it. He didn't have a choice. Uh, but just you know, the whole idea of that nature versus nurture, and you know, Will's had entrepreneurship in his blood his whole life. Um, and to watch it develop. And then the, the other part was really the, the whole idea of, of where we ended last week. And that was the fact that, you know, when he started his business in 08, the, you know, most people are going through the, the, the dramatic economic impact of, of 08, while in his world, Hurricane Ike hits out there in Texas, and that's a boom to his business. And so the, the timing of that, right? I mean, how incredible yeah. that, that happens right when he launches in the midst of one of the worst financial crises in the world, but yet for him, that was uh, an opportunity as a business owner. And so uh, really excited to hear the rest of the story and how he's continued to grow and develop the business. And by the way, Will, we're talking about you like you're not even here. Uh, so we, we do know you're here. We appreciate you being on this morning and uh, hopefully you're having a good Saturday morning so far. Absolutely. Happy to be back. Well, I'm glad Leslie didn't run you off. She tried her best. <laughs> at the end, but you did make it back. And so why don't we pick up uh, where we left off last week? And again, you had to recap, you know, you were living in a townhome, just gotten married, quit your job, started this company. And then as we just mentioned, 08 comes along and, and Hurricane Ike hits and you have an opportunity because your business is predicated on powering folks up during times like that, during natural disasters. And so uh, refresh our audience a little bit, um, if you don't mind, on, on that moment. Uh, in the beginning for worldwide power products. Sure. So uh, again, had, had bootstrapped the the business with less than fifty thousand dollars to start in in March of two thousand eight, and um, you know had some success, but you know with just low overhead and operating it just myself and out of the house, and you know uh, I didn't need to set the world on fire to to you know really make it. Uh, it was just my wife and I, and she was working. Um, so, uh, we were on her insurance, which was nice, but Cobra, uh, and, and certainly expensive, but, um, and then, uh, you know, fast forward a few months, uh, hurricane Ike happens and, you know, we are, are selling everything we got and, and, you know, brokering and bringing in more generators, uh, for businesses. Um, so it really kind of gave, gave us a shot in the arm, uh, and to really make it through uh, 2008 and and really into 2009, where you had a lot of uh, businesses as well as uh, municipal, uh, depending on the the population size, it became mandated by the state that they have backup power, you know, on wastewater treatment plants, uh, for example. So. We chased that market, and just while most of the world was, you know, uh, in this, uh, you know, dark time and, and the financial crisis, you know, we were able to capitalize on a market that was, uh, you know, doing well because it was mandated by the state that uh, there had to be backup power in certain uh, areas, including municipal uh, neighborhoods. 
So what were some of the challenges? Obviously, you couldn't have predicted this sudden growth. What were some of the challenges that you faced and maybe some of the lessons that you learned with such um, unpredictable growth of that kind? Yeah, I think, you know, really raising capital was difficult. Uh, I thought, well, you know, I know a lot of people and they trust me and I'll be able to get money. And I was super naive about, you know, uh, how much a bank would lend to me as well as, you know, uh, what outside investors, you know, so, uh, I went and raised money through, uh, really friends, family, uh, and without selling equity in the company, I would just, uh, buy, you know, uh, parcels of equipment and bring them in and give them, way too good of returns. Uh, but I had to do what I had to do at the time. And, um, uh, and so learned a lot from that. Um, and, but I, you know, felt very confident in, in what I was doing and the type of equipment I was buying and what I could sell it. And so, you know, was able to quickly pay back the investors and, you know, they would want to do more. And then I'd have relationship with the bank and it, you know, they'd give me a little more capital, but, uh, it, it, you know, you need a lot of, of capital in, in a business like ours. It's very capital intensive. This equipment's large, you know, one generator on average is, you know, six figures, uh, it can be. So, uh, it, it's very difficult to, to run a business that requires a lot of capital and, and really maintain your equity. Um, so, uh, we were able to to raise money just by buying parcels of equipment, and then we we raised a fund, a three million dollar fund, um, but did it in a separate entity um, and came up with a structure. And we had so many people telling us, "So you'll never raise that. You're going to have to sell equity. You're going to have to sell equity." Well, we got it, the commitment in the first meeting that we went to. Uh, so that was a huge relief, and so we really uh, were just on a you know, hockey stick growth, you know, from 3 million the first couple of years to six and then 25 million and just kept growing and growing. Um, and, uh, you know, really went from 3 million to nearly 40 million in sales in the first five or six years. Um, but you know, was not near as profitable at 35 plus million as, as we were at 20 or 25. Um, uh, so chased a lot of shiny objects, uh, got out of our lanes, hired a lot of the wrong people. You know, some things worked, some didn't. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it, we learned a lot from that. Um, but, I, t- you know, we where we, you know, at our peak in 2013, 14, um, you know, seemed like nothing could go wrong. Um, and, you know, was making bigger bets on bigger equipment and, you know, had more people. Uh, and then, uh, here comes the, you know, oil and gas crisis that, that hit in 15, 16. Uh, and we had a lot of equipment that was related, you know, for oil and gas and, and couldn't repurpose it for, you know, emergency backup power. So, uh, we had, I was just way too naive on, you know, bank leverage and, uh, I had not experienced, we had rode the line in our covenants, uh, 
you know, tight, but I, you know, I just always thought, well, with a lot of assets, if I need to free up cash, I can go sell some. And, uh, but the bank had had enough, like a lot of banks did in, in Houston and, uh, and other areas of, they said no more energy exposure or they're trying to clear out, you know, uh, certain parts of their books that had uh, oil and gas exposure. And uh, we were uh, unfortunately one of those where, you know, we busted a covenant and uh, they said, you're, you're cut off. And so here we are, you know, you know, we're trying to run a business on cash only uh, with no line of credit with, you know, high leverage and have to continue paying down debt. And, um, so they, uh, it, it was, a it was probably the, the, it was the most difficult two years, uh, I've ever been through, um, that our business ever went through, but I'm very grateful that we went through it. Uh, and especially kind of at a younger age, I'm 41 now. And uh, I feel like having stomach that, um, at the time we did and, you know, uh, nearly throwing up at my desk every day, you know, it, it, it was, it was extremely difficult. You know, I sold my house, I sold my car. It was, you know, I'm personally guaranteed on all the debt and the bank was relentless. And, uh, so we, we tightened up and we survived and we made it, you know, just on cash only uh, running the business and have been profitable since year one. Uh, but we bet on the wrong equipment at the wrong time and then just got the rug taken under from us. So I just had, you know, I was very naive on, um, you know, how, how the banking relationships can work. And we had a good relationship with our banker, but that doesn't matter because some guy sitting in another state that's the credit manager says, I don't care what this company does, you know, get rid of it. They're looking at X's and O's only, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, we all go through these experiences in life as entrepreneurs. And, and as you said, you're, you're actually looking back and grateful that you were able to experience that and learn from it. Uh, for you know, those listening that maybe own a business, maybe they're going through some experiences, maybe COVID has been that experience. What would you say is the, uh, maybe one of the most important elements you've taken away from that experience that you could share as a wisdom of a nugget? Yeah, I mean, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh, we, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I found, you know, really who was uh, truly, you know, supportive of me and the business. It was hard to, you know, I felt like, you know, sharks were swimming around the office, uh, you know, and trying to, you know, come in and pick us up for, you know, pennies on the dollar. Um, and so, you know, while we needed to raise equity, um, it was just a horrible time to do it. And so I just said, you know what, hell with it. We're going to, you know, just buckle up and, and get to get to work. And, um, that's what we did. And, and we had, uh, we had key people leave, um, and start competing businesses. And that was you know, certainly difficult, um, uh, to swallow, but, uh, really, I think we, we really, you know, dove in to all the expenses, you know, really corrected a lot of the processes. I just found we had a lot of sloppy internal processes, especially around AR. We wrote off, had to write off $750,000 of bad debt, you know, in 2015, which, uh, you know, 
probably half of that could have been prevented. Um, we had $80,000 in late fees and that was, uh, we, we didn't have to have $1 of late fees. It was, we had the money in the line to pay it. It was just, it was sloppy internal process stuff. And, and that falls on me, uh, and, you know, down the line, but it starts with me. So it, we just had to, you know, uh, buckle up and, and fix it. And we, we did. And I think because of that, you know, it's made our business so much stronger, uh, and our people that are still here, you know, as well, it, it gives, gives them a lot of perspective and, and those that stuck through it, you know, know what the hard times are like. And I'm sure we'll go through some hard times again, but it will, it won't be with leverage ever like I had before because I just won't let it get Sure. So what did the company look like after as opposed to before? Like, and some people think the contraction of the business, you know, might be the downfall. But um, so, you know, just to give people some perspective and see how successful you are now um, at the height of your company, how big, you know, what are give us an idea of what it looked like. And then, you know, when you kind of had to start from scratch and, and the business shrank or you had to, you know, keep people left. What did those two entities look like? Yeah, we, I mean, we were close to $40 million in revenues and over 50 employees. Um, and you can just cut all that in half, basically what, what happened. Um, and I, the revenue thing, you know, I used to think that was so important. I chased that number, and forget really about the bottom line. And so it's, you know, I pay a lot more attention to the bottom line and I don't get so caught up in, you know, top line and uh, trying to say, okay, well, we need to be a 50 million or a hundred million or $500 million company. It's, you know, let's be profitable, but let's be really good at what we do. Um, We have a good niche. There's a, there's plenty of opportunity and it's right here in our backyard. I, uh, you know, our, our company name is worldwide power products, but uh, really we're, we focus for most of our energy for our turnkey rental maintenance service in the Texas Gulf coast region. And we've got plenty of work right here. Um, so, and we're growing back again and, and, uh, you know, but you know, yeah, five, six years ago was, uh, it was a tough, tough two years and um but super thankful you know my wife and some of the key employees that stayed you know stuck with us and um you know things are really really have been great over the last few years well certainly appreciate you sharing that story because i think it's a great reminder to all of us right as we're running businesses that even when you know times may be phenomenal and things are going great and it's all clicking, not to take your eye off the main things. And I think it's easy to do that. Like you said, you're looking at top line. You're not maybe inspecting as much down the stream and at the granular level. But what a great reminder. That's probably a perfect time to inspect some of that, right, to make sure that the systems are tightened up. So thanks for sharing that. And uh, as you go through times like that, um, Will, and, and maybe even since then, who would you say are folks that, or resources, or however you want to put it, that you leaned on, that you turned to for wise counsel to help you through those moments? Yeah, I've, I've always had, I feel like, great mentors or advisors, and whether they're, you know, I call them that or not, uh, you know, I feel like they are role models. Um, and I felt like I've always kind of had, uh, been fortunate to have so many of those people around me and 
uh, one of the biggest benefits I've had is early on, I was in entrepreneurs organization. Um, so I'd have my forum group that you meet with monthly, uh, which is really an unbiased group of advisor or board um, that you know can uh, help you know you and, and with some of your challenges because they can share experiences that they've been through or know others that have been through it. Um, and I later joined YPO, Young Presidents Organization, which is the same, um, and I'm still in that today. And it's been you know uh, instrumental and in, and in just growth from personal side, business, family, faith, everything. Um, so uh, I, I feel like between EO, YPO, you know, I, I, you know, and several other members within the YPO chapter and uh, my father-in-law, the, you know, parents, you know, close friends, so many good people to lean on and, and you know, hopefully I've help them as well um, and not just take, take, take. Um, it's certainly fun to, you know, I, I do enjoy meeting with other entrepreneurs, especially ones that are in the earlier stages, just to share all the different, you know, uh, challenges I had and, and, you know, I'd rather talk about those with them than the successes. And surely there was, we had a lot of success and, and we're having great success again, but, you know, you learn from your failures and, and mistakes and, and we're going to make a lot more mistakes. It's just, you know, let's not make them twice. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> so where do you see the company in five years? Tell us a little bit about what you see in the future. Yes. I mean, really this Texas Gulf Coast market is, is so strong for, you know, our industry and we want to continue to scale. And, um, but really it, you have to have, skilled technicians and uh, technical people to do that. Um, and that's not uh, something that you just go uh, you know, grab folks out of high school or colleges or trade school. It's, it's a very uh, unique skill uh, to learn. Uh, it, it takes you know, a lot of our you know, better generator technicians, you know, it's eight or 10 years before you really know what you're doing. Um, so I've been in the industry 15, 16 years now, I guess, and uh, you know, I, I, somebody that is mechanically or electrically inclined, you know, probably runs circles around me in one year. But that uh, those that are inclined, it, it's still uh, a very, uh, you know, it's it's a niche, um, and it's uh, you have to learn, you know, how engines and mechanical side work, but also in conjunction with the elect electrical side. So uh, and we work on all different you know, manufacturers, so you're learning you know, a lot of different products. And, Will, one of the things before we uh, wind down and let Leslie do her lightning round with you is um, the concept of that work-life balance, right? And for all of our entrepreneurs and CEOs, that seems to be an area that most of them still fight with and struggle with. And knowing that uh, you know, you're married with three kids, how does that work-life balance work for you and your family? Well, there's no such thing. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I try, try my best that a, a good uh, mentor of mine told me one time, make your wife, your number one customer. Um, and uh, I know that if we don't, uh, do our date nights, at least every couple weeks or so, uh, you know, that's really when we can talk and, and catch up. But if I, I notice when we're, we're off, um, 
and really spending time with the kids. It, it, it it's difficult, uh, for sure. But I think, you know, by surrounding myself with really great people and other business owners, it, it, you know, really makes me, you know, a better leader, father, husband, you know, friend. And so, uh, you know, the iron sharpens iron. And so I, I staying around, you know, really like-minded and, and, you know, high quality people has, has really helped me keep a better work-life balance. That's good. Well, we have time for a little lightning round, Eric. We do indeed. Awesome. All right. I'm going to ask you some, some questions so we can get to know you after all people, you know, stories you don't. So in your opinion, what's the best movie of all time? Shawshank Redemption. Good one. Best book you've ever read. Good to great. Jim Collins. Maybe a hidden talent that no one really knows about. What's a quirky thing you can do. (laughs) Uh, I wish I could touch my nose and my tongue. My cousin can do that. I can't do that. I've always wanted to do that. I don't have many other uh, talents. I'll have to work on that. You have to work on that. On your perfect day off, where would we find you? Fly fishing in Alaska. And number one thing on your bucket list? Play Augusta National, the Masters. Nice, 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 nice. That Monday after would be a really good day, wouldn't it? (laughs) That would be phenomenal. I'd love to play in the tournament, but I think that's maybe another lifetime. Hey, by the way, before we we wind out the show, too, we we, we skipped over this a little bit, but that your mom, again, Helen, was on the show several months back, and she is a a expert in the image world, right? And so uh, you have to give us a little nugget before we leave the show in regards to just your mom's influence in your life from her professional aspect. What impact and role has that played? Oh, it's, it's been great. I think, you know, I'm very proud of her and, and what she's done. And she, you know, she teaches a lot of uh, kids etiquette. And I think that's one thing that so many, you know, kids do not have just basic, you know, manners and, you know, how to shake somebody sh- hand and look them in the eye and, you know, how to write a thank you note and, uh, you know, uh, just common courtesies. Uh, and so uh, 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 she's still teaching me, uh, every uh, uh, day or month or whenever I see her. But uh, I feel like I'm really fortunate to, to have her as a mom and, and to have those life skills that are so important but overlooked by so many. Well said. Well said. Well, Will Perry, founder and CEO of Worldwide Power Products, thank you again for your time and your story. We greatly appreciate having you here on Beyond the Business. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Leslie. And again, you've been listening Beyond the Business, presented by the College of Charleston School of Business and Coastal Wealth Management. Until next Saturday morning, Low Country, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, brought to you by the College of Charleston School of Business. The College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work, they're ready to make an impact. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC. The College of Charleston School of Business is recognized among the top 30 colleges for studying business abroad by the Business Research Guide. With nine undergraduate majors, 10 minors, and six concentration areas, an honors program in business, and master's programs in business and accountancy, the College of Charleston School of Business has more than 3,000 students enrolled. Their students are ready to work, and they're ready to make an impact. For more info, visit sb.cfc.edu.